Welcome back, Travel Besties, to Season 2 of the Passports and Coffee Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Kayla. And I'm Sherea. This season, we're excited to introduce to you some new Travel Besties. So grab yourself a cup of coffee. And let's inspire you to travel the world. Welcome back, Travel Besties. I am super excited to be sharing a new episode with you guys. We have an awesome guest with us, one of my friends, Steve Weigel. He owns a travel brand, travel company with his sister. And so we're going to dive deep into all of the different travel groups that he has to offer. So Steve, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit more about yourself. And then also, we want to know what your typical coffee order is. Ooh, typical coffee order. I'm actually drinking tea right now. Ooh, um, I have this hibiscus. You can order it on Amazon. It's just like hibiscus flowers. Nice. Um, and then you just strain it and then you just put honey in it and it's like amazing. I drink it every day. So good. But if I'm not drinking tea, I like bougie coffee. So like yeah. lattes, like caramel lattes and like vanilla lattes. And like, I'm really bad at, I, I can drink like cappuccinos. Um, but I like sweet more than I like bitter. Yeah. Um, so I'm always like a sweet coffee type of person, which I'm not proud of. But Do you still have your office by Spy House? I don't have that studio space. I okay. still have some storage there, but I actually just moved into a space that's kind of a similar vibe. It's like ground cool. floor, garage cool. door type vibe. I can put my motorcycles right in here. Nice. Um, and it's very close to that same area. So it's like kind of similar vibes, but like a little bit different. Cool. Yeah. So I have this space and this is actually where I'm living, but I'm like going to be hosting some parties out of here and doing some stuff with Ivy out of here too. So that's super awesome. Not specifically the studio, but it's the studio. Nice. It's kind of cool though. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. I love it here. It's a dream. Cool. So tell me kind of like a twofold question. How did you come up with Ivy and then how is how has the name Ivy like where is it derived yeah so um Ivy was born as a longboard company actually so I hand I custom handmade longboards and I was just like getting out of a band that I've been in for eight years and there's a lot of transition happening in my life but I was a carpenter growing up so I love working with my hands I can build anything and I always wanted to build a longboard so built a longboard, gave it to a friend, posted a picture online, and people just started ordering them. So that's how Ivy was born. At that point, they were just called like Steve's Longboards or something. I don't even <laughs> know what I called them. Yeah. But I was like, I should probably come up with a name. And one of my friends who I'd been on a sailing trip with um, named Ivy ordered a board. And a couple years, uh, a couple weeks later after she ordered, I was down in Miami um, helping a friend move down there or something. So I was like, I'll just hand it over the board because Ivy lives down there. So she, one of the things is she wanted her name on the board somehow. So I cut her name into the grip tape. So it said Ivy on the board. And so when I delivered it, her niece was like, Ivy, you should call your company Ivy. And I was like, that's kind of cool. You know, I don't, I didn't really get it. But once I started playing with fonts and then like looking up what Ivy meant, um, I was like, oh, this is it. Um, Ivy is an evergreen plant that represents, represents uh, friendship and connection. It's really strong and it can flourish in the most harsh environments. And it just really represented like all the things I wanted Ivy to be. Um, more than a brand, I always say more than a brand or a hat or a shirt or a longboard or an adventure. I want Ivy to be a feeling. And I want that to be one of um, whimsy and like curiosity and adventure. And so, yeah, so that's kind of how Ivy was born. And so we built longboards for a couple of years, but I always knew there was something more to it. And in 2018, we took, uh, I took a bunch of my friends on a sailing trip in the Caribbean and just the connections that were made and the friendships that were developed and the ventures that were had, I was like, oh my gosh, this is the future of what I want to do. 
and some from there. We just started launching adventures and people kept joining them and it's been awesome. So been an adventure brand ever since um, and it's been amazing. That's so cool. How many, yeah. how many adventure trips do you host a year? It all depends anywhere from like we're in a really big scaling season right now. Over the past four and a half years, it's been kind of interesting. I actually started a marketing agency with some buddies of mine. That was like my primary focus over the last four and a half years. And during that time was when Ivy shifted to adventures and when my sister came on and when so much happened, um, we launched a side of the brand that's more geared towards like corporate adventures and like exclusive adventures. And so I just actually left my uh, that marketing company that I started four and a half years ago, just like two months ago, I left it. And so we're getting back to Ivy full time, which is like, it's my heart. It's like everything I want to do is connecting with people and and curating these amazing experiences and uh we we always say like we see adventure as like a tool uh it's a tool to like gain perspective and it's a tool to like uh gain confidence in yourself it's a tool to like meet other like-hearted amazing people like you guys learned like you guys met traveling (laughs) and so it's just like man how can we like use these as adventures for more than just like oh, let's go like sip cocktails and sit on a boat and dig our toes in the sand. Like it's that too. Mm-hmm. Like we do that. Yeah. Um, but it's like really all about connection and curiosity. And um, I think overcoming like something I talk about is like if, you know, you can take someone on an adventure or you can sell them a shirt or you can do this. It might, those are worth a certain amount of dollars. But if you can help someone overcome something in their life, like that's invaluable. And it's so uh it's such an incredible thing to be able to do with people. Yeah. So we've seen people like come on our trips and um, leave feeling so inspired and so encouraged and so just ready to jump into like something they've never done. We've had people come on our trips and go home and quit their jobs and like finally start that business they <laughs> wanted to start. I kind of got to be like careful because I'm like, I'm always trying to amp people into that direction. And I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh, I need to be careful with that. It's funny that you say that because that's kind of how this podcast started. No way. Because we were in Memphis and we randomly were like, well, actually, Sharia was like, we should start a podcast. But I think it started in Nashville because there was a podcast studio in Nashville. And yeah. I was like, should we just like get drunk one night and like record our first episode? <laughs> <laughs> Which never came to fruition. But, <laughs> you know, awesome. we tra- a lot of like our ideas have come from traveling. Yeah. And, you know, I, we, one thing that we always say in this podcast is like the people that you meet along the way and like the things that you learn about yourself through travel and just putting yourself out there. Mm-hmm. You, it's amazing. Honestly. Yeah. I would say people in perspective yeah. are the two most important dynamics of travel. Everything else is a bonus, including the view. So it doesn't matter how yeah. beautiful the place you travel is. If you're not there with people um, that are encouraging you and lifting you up and you just, you're just outside of your normal. And so there's so much perspective to find. You're outside of what you're comfortable with. Maybe you're outside of what you're used to. And that's what I love about travels. It just creates this perspective that you can't find anywhere else. So it's awesome. Yeah. One thing that I really appreciated from the group chat that I went on is that you do really build those really meaningful connections with others. And how do you set that expectation or just create that culture? Because most of us were all strangers. We've never met before Mm -hmm. prior to coming on that trip. So how do you just have that level of expectation or set that culture like right from the beginning? Yeah. I mean, if I'm being really honest, that's something I've like worried about in the past because I'm like, I want everyone to come on trips, but I don't want the trips to just turn into these. I don't know. Like I, I don't really 
it's funny because I don't really control the environment at all. But at the same time, like you said, it's like about setting expectations on our Instagram or any of our socials. It's not like come like just party in the Caribbean and like get, you know, blackout drunk and fall off the boat and have a total crap show of an adventure. It's more like <laughs> come meet inspiring like-minded individuals and like, you know what I mean? So, and we play that up because we want to, I don't think anyone that ever comes on a trip is the wrong, every person that comes on the trip is like the right person, but we don't want to draw the wrong crowd or set the wrong expectation or whatever that is. Um, and so yeah. in a way, like I'm not overly trying to be controlling about what we do or the tone. I don't know. I am like, we're very intentional, but we don't, because we're intentional um, on the front end, we don't have to be super controlling on the back end about like, oh no, you can't drink. You can't do this. Like we are partying. We are having fun. We are like jumping off the yeah. boat and having a blast, but um, it's just more than that. Um, and we're trying to create these moments and these memories for people that they won't forget for their whole life. And, and we want to um, rather than just connecting people to me, I want to connect people to each other. So I think that's really important. I mean, in any, in any moment in life, like that's people make the experience. And so our tagline is you belong. And I want people to know and feel that they belong. And so I want to create that space where like, you know, it's funny because I'm, I'm an introvert in some ways. I don't know if you notice on the boat, but like I would like kind of sneak away to be alone like many moments throughout the day. But I, uh, I love creating space for people to come together and like kind of curating the environment. And I think there's probably things I do that I'm not even aware of that's just like meant to like create this safe, comfortable space where people can come together and feel and know that they belong. And so, um, yeah, I think that's like one of my gifts. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like people just are drawn to you. I will say... I will say I was on your social media and your vibe does give off like, you know how like your vibe, attra your vibe attracts yeah. your tribe. Right. And you guys do have like that vibe where it's like, everyone's welcome, but it's kind of like a chill. Mm. So it's like, you're not really putting out there, like we're here to party, but yet we're still here to have yeah. fun and just get to know each other. Yeah. Cause I have been on several group trips and let me tell you, some of the group trips are very like, <laughs> it's, it's the wrong they type get a little of wild. <laughs> but like when you, yeah, but when you can get like a good cohesive group of people where everybody gets along and they have like the same outlook on life, but also like they're looking for the same things, yeah. it just vibes. Yeah. And you guys kind of put that out there. Good. I you know? hope so. So then it kind of like, it allows you guys to kind of attract those people that yeah. you are looking for on the trip. Yeah, exactly. Which helps. Exactly. And if someone kind of like wild ever did come on our trip, someone who's like there just to like party and hook up or something i feel like they would step in the culture and be like oh this isn't the place <laughs> and like i don't know i'm it's so interesting like setting culture and every trip is different you know every trip is different you have different mm -hmm. personalities on every trip and so some are a little bit more wild than others but like in general we set a tone of just like connection adventure community um belonging um now with that being said do you notice like a certain age group that comes on these trips yeah, it's interesting. We have a pretty wide like range of our demographic. Mm -hmm. um, I would say it's like 18 to, I mean, we've had people that are in their 40s on, on our trip. Um, and what's interesting is like our, our demographic is probably around like um, 25 to 35, like our main. And I'm like not mm -hmm. even in that anymore. I'm 37. Um, 
I'm an immature 37 year old. So that, that like helps, but um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Uh, we, I feel like it's pretty wide and we've wondered at times, like, do we need to like narrow that down better or to like make it fit? But like no one, you know, we've had a 20 year old and a 40 year old on a trip and no, it's never felt out of place. It's always felt like so good. Um, we had this trip to Costa Rica last year. It was a make a difference trip. And there's a girl in it that was in her 20s. And there's a guy in it that was, and him and his wife were there. But they, they just became good friends. Like they were like maybe the oldest person on the trip and the youngest person. And they just became like buddies, you know? And so like, I think, yeah, it was awesome. I've always vibed with like the older people anyway. Yeah. <laughs> like even if I'm like the youngest on the trip, I've always vibed with the older people. I don't yeah. know. Old people have fun <laughs> on trips. Yeah. You know? they're, they don't take themselves so seriously. You know, they know yeah. how to just like cut loose, have a blast. Um, they're good vibe for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. So since you mentioned like the make a difference trip, so you have two different types of trips, the adventure trips and mm-hmm. the make a different trip. So like, what's the difference between mm-hmm. them? So that way our listeners know the difference. Yes. Yeah, so there's not, I mean, you still get adventure connection belonging on both trips. So there's the Ivy trips that are just like, you know, the open trips that are just like, they're fun. We go sailing in the Caribbean. There's a trip where we go like snorkeling in Cozumel and hanging out around um, Mexico. We do a trip to California. We do like wine tasting and hot air balloon and horseback riding in Temecula. We have a bunch of different trips, but the make a difference trip, we call them mad trips. Those have some element of give back slash humanitarian work um, included. And so we partner with local organizations that are doing work that we believe in. Um, A lot of the organizations we work with are working to fight child sex trafficking. My sister, who owns a business with me and myself, actually lived in Thailand for almost a year working with an organization like this. And so when we're there, we saw a lot of people come over for a week or two at a time and they'd be like there's 10 of us we're here for a week give us a project to do and every organization has a million projects to do but no funding and so when sarah and i came back here and we were i was starting ivy and then later she joined we were like okay how can we actually like figure out how to use this the people that want to travel with us and then the people our our contacts you know in thailand costa rica places like that that need this help how can we like marry the two and create this like this awesome experience and so we started bringing people and the funding to complete projects that will te- that will lead long-term sustainable change with local organizations. So I've always been kind of, I grew up in like church and stuff, and I've always been pretty like not for short-term mission trips. Like it kind of just feels like just send money. Like, it, and these aren't mission trips. I want to make that very clear too. These are like humanitarian. We aren't there to like try and preach a gospel to someone. We don't do that. That's like not our, our flow um, where they're just to like help and serve people. And so we're there to help local organizations do what they're already doing better. Um, And so, yeah, growing up, I was always like short term trips just don't seem to make a lot of sense. But uh, we figured like with this model, we're leaving long term change through a short term trip. And so, yeah, we have a trip coming up in March that's to Costa Rica. And we found this organization there called Saving Hearts Together. And they're building like this entire like rescue home, like sanctuary for kids that are have been rescued from sex trafficking. So it's pretty awesome uh, being able to be a part of that. That's so cool. How did you find those contacts in Thailand and Costa Rica? Yeah, in Thailand, it was just a lot of the organizations we met while we were living there. We were working with an organization called Destiny Rescue. But then because I did like a bunch of video, there's tons of organizations in that city 
um, that needed video work. And so they heard there's some, you know, American, you know, from Minnesota that knew how to shoot video. And so I just got connected to all these different organizations. So yeah, we just like stayed in, stayed in touch. And then Costa Rica was actually one. We have someone on our team that just kind of researches uh, nonprofits and things like that. And so she actually found the organization and we connected with them and they're amazing, uh, Saving Hearts Together. It's uh, this woman named Maria um, and she's just an absolute badass, just like living in Costa Rica, like helping these kids, like building this thing. Um, they're going to be doing like, I can't remember what's called, it's like horse therapy. Have you ever heard of this? I think mm-hmm. so. We're, I think a lot of like special needs children will yeah. go and do like horseback yeah. riding and it really is therapeutic for yeah, horses have like the craziest like senses and they're able to like sense everything we feel like fear or excitement or like they're able to sense if someone's like dangerous, they're able to sense. And so there's all these therapeutic exercises that have been developed that people can do with horses. And it's really uh, beneficial for kids who have experienced trauma as well. And so they're getting horses and they're going to be doing therapy and stuff like that. But Anyways, it's it's an awesome organization. We're we're really excited to be partnering with them, and this will be our second time back there. And we want to like we want to we don't want to just like go somewhere and then leave. We want to be able to like create do work that lasts long term, and then we also want to be connected to these organizations long term as well. Yeah, how do you ha- um, ensure that sustainability? Because I know a lot of times, like you said before, like people will just come and go, and then there's, there's no like lasting change. Mm-hmm. So like, what what do you have in place, or like, is it just the, from the organiz- organizations that you're connected with? Yeah, it's the organizations. It's okay. like rather than just you know, I think a lot of uh, people want to like have their own nonprofit and they want to do their own thing, and they go into places with their own agenda. You know, I, I have a buddy in Ukraine who, you know, has an orphanage and I went over there and I was just like, what are you doing that we can help you do better? He's like, man, this is so amazing. A lot of times when people come over, I have to stop what I'm doing to babysit them because they come with their own agenda. I said, that's so stupid. I'm like, I don't know what the hell Ukraine needs or what these kid needs or what Costa Rica needs. Why would I come with my own agenda? Yeah. I would just go, okay, you're a local organization. You've been here for 10 years. You know what you're doing. You know the needs, you know the people. I'm just going to help you do what you're already doing. And so we just find local organizations that we trust and we believe in and we build a long-term relationship with, and we just trust them. And we don't go like, no, you need this. We go like, okay, if you say that's like something that's important that you need, that's what we'll do. So through sustainability, it's just like partnering with local organizations that are there long-term. And they aren't just there for a week or here for a week or doing this for a week or doing that for a month. They're there like, they're there. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have any mad trips coming up in the Ukraine? Not in Ukraine, no. <laughs> I'm yeah. actually like low-key trying to get to get to Ukraine. Um, I'm drawn to yeah. places that are, I don't know, dangerous or like risky or, okay. you know, there's some element. There has to be, I feel like to stay engaged with life, I have to be somewhere that's like has some element of danger or risk. But I also want to be helpful. Like I don't want to just get in the way. So I'm, yeah. I'm actually currently looking for opportunities to get to Ukraine. So you guys know of any organizations that need anything <laughs> not at the moment but. i know nothing i i know there's some like medical that they need mm-hmm. um because i'm a nurse so cool i know a lot of like the medical stuff you traveling nurse do you do like the travel nurse stuff no okay. I, I like my home 
I, if yeah. I travel, I want to travel. I don't want to bring work with me, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am going to the Philippines actually for a mission trip, a medical mission. Cool. But um, I do know the Ukraine, at least a couple months ago, they were calling out for you know help medically. So I don't mm-hmm. know if that's like something you can look into. But I know, obviously, with everything that's going on with the Ukraine right now, medical is kind of like top of their list. Um, mm-hmm. I know that they were needing a lot of help in um, like the NICU with babies and stuff like that. There was like a huge call for nurses and stuff like that. But yeah. I do know medical is like a top yeah. thing. But And obviously, like a lot of places are suffering. So anytime you can help in any kind of way, I'm sure but I don't know yeah. any kind of organizations right now. Yeah, but for sure. I would assume they need a lot of help with everything going on. Yeah, pretty wild what's happening over there. Mm-hmm. So the one that is coming up, though, is the mad trip to Costa Rica. What are the dates for those again? Yeah, Costa Rica. We will be in Costa Rica March. Sorry, I got to look at my phone. I feel no, bad okay. I don't know this. Um, we'll be in Costa Rica. We'll be flying into San Juan. Um, we'll take a day, we'll drive to La Fortuna, which is like really cool adventure kind of like um, volcano town. And then the next day we'll drive to Lake Arno where the cool. project is. We'll work there for like four days. And in the evenings we'll be doing adventures. We'll be going like hiking waterfalls. We'll be going out on a lake for a day. Um, we'll be doing some other stuff. And then on the way back to San Juan, we'll stay in La Fortuna for like two nights. And we'll go zip lining, we'll go whitewater rafting, um, different stuff like that. So one thing that we're always trying to to make sure that we're doing in these trips is to still like implement some element of adventure. Some of the stuff that we like deal with kids being rescued as sex trafficking stuff, it's heavy. It's heavy stuff. And so you have to like have time to like decompress Mm -hmm. after experiencing some of that sometimes. Not that we're just downplaying the heaviness, but it's like joy adventures, like the antidote. Not that we don't want to like sit in those feelings, just go like, wow, this is really happening. But we don't want like people to be like, wow, that was a fun trip. Like it just got wrecked, came home depressed, you know? So like, we're trying to like add some elements of like adventure as well. And then it's like this perfect Venn diagram of like adventure on one side, humanitarian work on the other side. And you feel good. Like when you're doing that work too, you feel good about the money you spent to be there and the adventures you're having. You don't feel guilty. You're like, I'm here like making a change. And I think we love creating those opportunities for people because it's like, we aren't targeting like church groups or any kind of like religious group. There's so many people out here who want to make a change. Let's create an opportunity for them to do that. And so the trip is March 5th through the 14th. So beginning of March. I, I do think it's kind of nice because it kind of gives people the opportunity to kind of see more of a local aspect of a community that you're traveling into. Because I think mm-hmm. sometimes as travelers, we forget that there's real life that happens in these places, right? Yeah. Like as beautiful as Costa Rica is or some of these other, you know, third world countries that we travel to, I think we've fail to realize that like there's local life and mm-hmm. not everything is you know roses and sunshine and mm-hmm. yeah because I know when we went I went on a group trip to Mexico and we volunteered at a food kitchen one day just so that we could see that yeah Mexico is beautiful and everything but there's a much bigger problem yeah you know so yeah. it kind of puts into perspective you know the area that you're traveling in yep. but also it makes you humble and, you know, I don't know, it, it lets you kind of step out of your own little bubble that you yeah. live here in the U.S. It makes you realize, like, life is so much different elsewhere. And if you can travel but do something to make things a little bit better for people, totally. you know, it's always a, a bonus. And it's that perspective piece, too. It's mm-hmm. like getting a little piece of perspective, like, mm-hmm. you know, how freaking blessed are we? 
you know, to live where we lived and to have the resources we have. You know, even if you aren't wealthy in America, wherever you're at, it's probably very wealthy compared to much of the world, mm-hmm. much of the developing countries and stuff. Even if I don't have a ton of money in my pocket, I have resources all around me. And so, yeah, it's just a great way to gain more perspective. I would say that the quickest way to become rich is to want or need less, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and when you realize that so much of the world is living with so little, you're like, dang, I'm rich. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I've, I'm really rich. I have so much um, and I have so much to be thankful for. So great way to gain perspective as well. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Going back to the, the mad trips. Yeah. Do you know ahead of time, like what you're going to be doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you already have like an idea of like, oh yeah, we're going to be hanging out with kids these days or we're going to be. Yep. Yeah. We're actually going. Serving food. Yeah. We're actually going to Thailand um, in January. I don't know why I'm, my brain is so on the Costa Rica trip. There's a. Yeah, that's right. You're actually going to be on the trip when this airs. So you're going to be Oh yeah. There. Sick. Well, I'm in Thailand <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about that. Yeah. Um, so we'll be going to Thailand and we're working with a couple different organizations. One of them, we're just going to, uh, one of them does like prevention work. Um, And so we'll be going to the village where they're doing a lot of work. No case when it comes to like sex trafficking is the same. It's not always a case as extreme as this girl was kidnapped or that girl was sold or this guy, this boy was this or that girl was that. A lot of times, you know, kids in villages, you know, they hit age 14 and the parents just can't afford to feed them anymore. Um, And so they go to the city and find work and they go to the city and they just inevitably end up in a bar. And so what this organization does that we work with called Project Justice is they go into villages and they help, you know, they'll send, they'll send girls to Chiang Mai to go to like, it's called like politeness school. It just teaches them basic manners that would be the difference of them, like not being able to find work anywhere. So they end up in a brothel or getting a job in a coffee shop. You know, it just teaches them like basic life skills, basic manners, things like that. They create jobs for boys do like lawn care and stuff. So they created this entire lawn care business and then they employ the boys. So the boys have some, somewhere to work. So that's Project Justice. And we'll be work, we'll be hanging out in the village with them for like a day or two in Thailand. It's going to be awesome. We've been to the village quite a bit and it's, it's an awesome place. The kids are just amazing. And then the other organization we're working with, they teach girls self-defense. Cool. And so they're like karate, like jujitsu, I don't know, masters. And they teach girls and boys like self-defense. So we'll be spending a day with them, learning all about what they do and how they do it. And we'll be working with them a little bit too. So, yeah, so it, it, it always depends. And, you know, one thing we're always just going is like, okay, how do we make sure that if we're going somewhere, like we're being effective with what we're doing? In Costa Rica, it's easy. They have this entire compound to build. And so whenever we go there, we're doing just manual labor. You know, we're just like last, last time we were there, we, we dug a thousand foot trench to run a water line by hand with like shovels. <laughs> so it was like crazy amount of work, but um, very satisfying too. We're like, we did this, you know, it's like awesome. Really a lot of camaraderie and working together like that, making change. There's a place we go usually in Thailand. I don't know if we're going to this time called Little Farm Thailand. And they have like just this little farm that they teach local farmers about sustainability in farming. They take in kids. They'll like give a kid a goat and be like, that's your goat. That is your job. Keep that goat alive. Feed that goat. Bathe that goat. And kids just like never have something they can like take ownership over. And it just totally changes them. And it's it's uh, really amazing. So we do a bunch of work with uh, organizations 
that are generally helping kids. That's so fun. Yeah. So cool. Do you have yeah, a, it's really fun. Do you have a limit of how many people can join a mad trip? Yeah, we usually cap them at 10 people. Okay. Um, and that's for all our trips. Um, 10 to 12, we just find that it gets any bigger than that. And it can get a little bit hectic or it can feel a little bit clicky or it can feel, um, we feel like 10 is like a perfect group size that keeps everything like pretty small and like tight knit but is still like big enough that you're like meeting, you know, potentially meeting nine other people you've never met before. And and then the leaders too. So there's usually 10 participants and two leaders. Cool. That's a nice size. Yeah. I like like 10 to 12 is like the perfect size, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. You said you've been on a bunch of group trips, mm-hmm. Kayla. Which which uh which companies have you traveled with? Um, I've done Intrepid several times. And then I went on a trip with an influence, like a couple influencers. We met on a fly in the nest group and every single trip I've ever been on has been mm-hmm. less than 12 yeah. people which is nice because how many how many were on the Vietnam trip Shreya? 11 because there 10 there's like a 10 or 11 hmm. yeah 11 yeah it's it's a nice yeah. I mean yeah me and Shreya I mean we clicked so it's like <laughs> it was kind of clicky not like necessarily to the point where like people are kind of going off in their own way but it's like you meet people that you like instantly connect with and obviously like we've become best friends and we have since traveled to several countries and everything together so I don't know I Mm -hmm. think 10 is like the perfect number because then it's like yeah it's not too many people where if you need to communicate with everybody it's not like people are talking over one another and then when it comes to doing like group activities too it's just like the perfect number you know yeah because I don't know I see those like group trips where it's like the big bus loads come through and I'm like, Oh my God, with the flag. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, it's so stressful. It's stressful. I, I get stressed watching it. And I'm like, how do you yeah. maintain every single person? Like I yeah, would just, no, that would be a lot. <laughs> yeah. I would. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, cause I know I did um, intrepid to the Galapagos too. And it was a, like a sailing hmm. tour. Cool. And there was like eight of us, which honestly, perfect. Yeah. I feel like if there's any more than that on a boat would be just like, yeah. I don't know, but yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like too, when you have that many people, it's hard to have like a really local experience. And that's something we, we always look at is like, how can we introduce people to like the local side of where we're going and give them an incredible like local experience. And when you have like 50 people on a bus, like that's pretty hard to do. We always want to find like the, like, especially in Thailand, we eat out every night because we live there so we know all the best like cafes and stuff and so we eat it eat out every night it'd be hard to cram like 50 people into some of these tiny little like hole in the wall restaurants we go into and so yeah it's like that it would just it would just keep you from so much um when you're traveling it'd keep you from being able to do so much i think 10 is great 10 we do 10 and then two liters and it's awesome yeah it's a vibe do you have a favorite trip that you have hosted? Do you have a favorite one? Yeah, I always say like my favorite trip of the year every year is the sailing trip. Yeah. Um, the one that you were on. Like, yeah. I mean, I love sailing and then being able to share that experience with other people is just incredible. It's so fun. And at this point, I've, I've sailed so much in that same area. Like I literally just like sit back and it's less about like me experiencing it and more about me like just creating this awesome experience and then just sitting back and like finding so much joy and watching people get to experience it too so yeah my i i had a buddy on my last trip he's someone i've known for a long time this is just like two weeks ago in the caribbean 
And he's just like, do you need to go? I'm like, no, I'm good. I can just sit here and like everyone else can do it. Like, I don't need to, like, I'm just happy to watch everyone enjoy it. And so, yeah, that's, that's really fun. But sailing is my favorite trip of the year every year. Yeah, Yeah. sailing is, it's a special, yeah, I love sailing. Love being on the water. One thing about the sailing trips is that, Steve, you're actually the skipper for, for the trip. And, which is super cool. It's super intimate that way too. Like you don't have some stranger captain person skipper yeah um but then also yeah we but do also it all. too like you get to teach people too if they want to learn how to how to do all mm-hmm. the things yeah which is so fun exactly and that's like what's cool is yeah we don't have like just a and you know skippers are always really cool i've never actually hired a skipper so i don't know that that's true <laughs> but in my head like skippers are really cool and if we did have to like hire a skipper sometime he'd be super cool and they would just like hang with us and whatever but yeah it is special it's like there's no cook or skipper on the yeah. boat it's like we're doing all of it yeah. um and then we have like family meals together every night and it just creates this like really fun kind of like tight-knit like experience and you know that's different than if you were to go on a trip where you have people basically waiting on you and they're like serving you food and you like aren't doing anything i don't know um but we we really think that everyone kind of being involved in some way creates like a different tone um yeah. and it's better it's just better yeah. Yeah. yeah, but you're creating those like memories, like long lasting memories. You know what I mean? Because then you go home yeah. and you're like, oh, yeah, we did this and this and this. And it's like it, you're creating a completely totally. different trip than what you would go on where you're being waited on hand and foot. You know, it just it creates like yeah, more of like a homey memory where you're like, oh, yeah, I remember we did this and this. I don't know. I, I think that's fun. Yeah, it's really Actually. fun. Cooking yeah. for 12 people. Yeah. yeah. Doing the dishes for 12 people. I mean, you can make dishes fun, you know? <laughs> yeah, and we don't... We don't Bless the music, start dancing. I mean, I you know? We don't, like, assign people work, but we're like, hey, this is a boat, and a boat gets messy really quick. You know, if you see something, like, pitch in. We're all here. We're all yeah. doing this. We're not here to wait on you. We're here to, like, guide the experience, and we cook, and we yeah. clean and all that, but people just naturally just, like, jump in, want to help, and it's it's fun. We have a blast. So that's my favorite trip sailing it was fun. um i love thailand i haven't been back to thailand since 2020 because of covid and so i'm really excited to get back there it's just it's such a special country and you know having lived there i have all these favorite foods that i'm excited to eat again and all these favorite spots that i'm excited to take people do you fly into bangkok or do you fly in, into chiang mai yeah we fly into bangkok and then Take a train. We are going to be hanging out in Chiang Rai most of the time. Okay. Um, but we're going to a cherry blossom festival to start off the trip in Chiang Mai. So we'll be going oh. into Chiang Mai. Uh, we're staying at like an elephant sanctuary. Cool. And so this trip is like part luxury, part humanitarian, and part local, just like epic experience. So um, we'll be flying into Chiang Mai. And then they'll be flying out of Chiang Rai. But we always route through. I think you can get a flight from somewhere straight into Chiang Mai. But I, it's those are really hard to find. They always route through Bangkok. So we'll we'll like stay in Bangkok for a night and then start off the trip in Chiang Mai. Yeah. You'll have to have a, a bowl of khao soy for me. I Yes, I will. They I can't. <laughs> That's like one of my favorite dishes. Okay. Though. Mine too. And you can't find that dish anywhere in the States. Yeah. I mean, I found it, but it's not the same. Yeah. Like it's not the freaking same. There is this place called Barab that I went like every day when I lived there and they had the most insane khao soy and literally can't find that. You can find the dish, but the flavors are different. It's not the yeah, same. Yeah, it's not the same. Yeah, I don't know if it's like, yeah, they're Thai herbs or something like that. It's, yeah. That's my favorite. Oh, soy. You just got me so excited. <laughs> Go back. Yeah, you'll have to have one for me when you're there. I will. 
have more, I'll have many bowls of cow soy. Yeah. So I have a question. Yeah. Is there a destination that you want to host a trip that you haven't yet? Yeah, Iceland has always been kind of like a thought, um, but it would be really expensive and we'd have to rent like multiple vans because we probably do it because there aren't, from what I've like researched, there aren't like Airbnbs that host like 12 people. A lot of them are like very small. So I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. you could do it like in a van because a lot of people mm-hmm. do like the South Ring Road and everything like in like a van and you just like stop along the way and then you sleep in the van. No big deal. So it'd be expensive and we'd probably need like three vans. I haven't figured out like the logistics of that yet. Mm-hmm. Iceland, so that, that'd be a place. And then I think I there's more, we had a Croatia trip booked that had to get canceled because of COVID. That was like the only trip that we weren't able to make. Every other one we were able to make work. Croatia would be amazing for sailing. I was there last summer and I'll yeah. tell you, the water there is like... I have never seen water that blue and that crystal clear in my entire life. Yeah, it wasn't actually the trip we did wasn't a sailing trip. Um, It was going to be like on land, like vineyards, wine tasting, waterfalls. And then we're going to be on a boat for like a day. But it was going to be more like on land. But a sailing trip is definitely like there's a there's a lot of charter bases there. And so Mm -hmm. a sailing trip has definitely been like in the thought, but that one that we had to cancel wasn't specifically. So yeah, Mm -hmm. Croatia would be, I've, yeah, I'm jealous. I've, I've. Croatia wine is amazing too. People don't realize how highly praised Croatian wine is. Yeah. I was telling Sharia the other day, I was like, one of the best wines I've had was when I was in Croatia. I'm not a wine drinker, but I'm trying. I'm learning. I'm, (laughs) I'm easing into it. It comes with age. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) I, I feel like I if I'm in Italy and I'm sitting on like a, you know, front porch somewhere and eating pizza or pasta, like I'll have wine, but I'm not someone that's just like at any given point, I'm like, oh, let's have wine. Like, but if it fits the moment, then like I will. I'm trying to change that. Okay. Give me a little grace. I'm trying to like wine. I like wine, <laughs> but let me tell you, Croatia does have a really great white wine, but they do have like a wine culture there that I think most people hmm. don't realize exists, but cool. yeah, but definitely sailing. You definitely need to do sailing in Croatia. Yes, to to I would. Yeah. The islands and water is beautiful. Going back to the wine in Croatia, mm-hmm. you were, Kayla, you were saying that they ranked higher than France one year. Yeah. So they had like a... One year they had a like competition and their white wine actually ranked higher than France and Italy. No way. Which of course they were not happy about. <laughs> no. Yeah. And the Croatians are like very proud of it too. I bet. Mm-hmm. But there's like this whole um, like wine culture there that I never realized existed, hmm. but they do have a very large like Italian influence, which makes sense. But yeah, they have some of the most amazing wine I've ever had in my entire life. Good to know. I drank wine the whole trip. And like I said, I, I learned throughout my like 12 days there that they actually have this like wine culture that I never knew existed. But Wild. Yeah. It's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. Croatia. It just looks so epic. And then. See, Sharia had a very different experience than I had because <laughs> we had this conversation on one of our episodes, how I like love Croatia. She's yeah. like, I feel the complete opposite, but I tell her she needs to go back in the summer because the summer is just a completely different vibe with the water and I don't know. It's it's so much fun just island hopping. Does it get cold there? Yeah, I was there in like January, the end of January, and it was like 30, 40 degrees. 
And so it wasn't okay, yeah. so chilled. It wasn't like snowy chilly, but it was mm-hmm. I mean it was cold enough and the waters looked like Lake Superior. So it wasn't like Yeah. <laughs> like your yeah. pictures of You're like <laughs> maybe doing a cold dip in there, but you're not like <laughs> leisure swimming. Yeah. And then I was yeah. also coming from countries too that were so similar and so for me just at the time it just felt like a little a little lackluster. Yeah. But but I do think I need to go back in the summer. Yeah. I'm in the same. I'm in the same yeah. boat. Need to get back there, Take a or cruise. not back there. I need to get there. <laughs> Never been there. Yeah, it's it's definitely pretty. Yeah. I always recommend people when they're like, "Oh, I want to go to Greece." I'm like, Mm-mm, I "Skip Greece. Greece is pretty. Don't get me wrong. We've been to Greece, <laughs> but Croatia is so mm-hmm. like misunderstood, and most people do not go to Croatia. And I'm like, mm, "You're saving money. The waters are prettier. Is it cheaper? They're, yes, much cheaper. Mm. Like I think so. Yeah. I rented an Airbnb for two weeks, and I only spent like three hundred bucks." That's amazing. Yeah, and it was an old wine cellar. Yeah, in the dead of summer. I went in July. And I think, because I pulled out, I don't know, 300 USD. and hadn't even spent it all. And I was not very, like, cautious with my Mm. money either. You weren't being frugal. You're, like, on vacation. You're, like, let's go. I had no care in the world. I was by myself, and I was, like, money. (laughs) Take a ferry there. Let's go. (laughs) Exactly. I think, like, the island of Havara was more expensive than everything else I did, but... I mean, it's just more Mm -hmm. touristy, you know, so Mm -hmm. it makes sense. But yeah, I had fun. I loved Croatia. I tell everybody, I was like, listen, if you want a place in the summer to go to, Croatia is it. That's a spot. Yeah. 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 We're doing a Greece trip in, (laughs) just to say, we're doing a Greece (laughs) trip in like May, I think. Maybe June. Listen, Greece is still beautiful. I love Greece. Don't get me wrong. Mm. (laughs) It's just, it's like so touristy. There's so many tourists on the islands. Yeah. We won't be on the islands. Me and Sheree, we went in February. In February. Is it February? Yeah, the middle of okay. February. Middle to end. Yeah. And there was we had Santorini by yeah. ourselves and the weather was actually beautiful. It was like seventies. Yeah. Which yeah. amazing. Yeah. So I always say if you're That's gonna perfect. do it, do it in the winter. What's your itinerary for yeah. Greece? I gotta look at it. I can't keep all these straight. So I haven't actually been to <laughs> That's true. I'm I actually sorry. haven't been to Greece. My sister did a recon trip and built out the itinerary. And so I'm okay. leading it, but I've, I haven't been. And so I just have like the itinerary and we've like developed a model for building itineraries that like, I can literally just like pick up the itinerary and like know everything I needed to know. But yeah. I, I haven't been there. I know we're going to like Athens and I know we're going, I know there is like an island beachy place we're going, but for the most part, we're staying like inland. Yeah. Yeah. But you're probably seeing the part of Greece that most people don't travel to. That's usually how we do it. Yeah. Most people hit the the islands, but I hear mainland Greece is still beautiful. There's a lot of things to see. Yeah, for sure. Another place that I've sailed a lot, but I haven't, I'd love to take a group as the Bahamas. Um, The waters in the Bahamas are like the most insanely like turquoise, just pure, beautiful. And not like Freeport NASA Bahamas. I mean like Bahamas, like Islands stretch for like six or 700 miles, the, all these islands that like no one goes to. And so I would love to do a sailing trip in the Bahamas wow. and then Hawaii. But the last time I tried to go to Hawaii to cancel my trip because uh, resources were so limited. And that's like one thing we try to be really conscious about is, you know, travel already can like leave a negative carbon footprint. And so we're going like, OK, how do we try to be the most sustainable as possible mm. while still doing travel, traveling, whatever? And it was like the end of 2021 and there was like a water shortage in Hawaii and there is some COVID spike and we're just like, let's just not go there. So, well, if you need anyone to do a recon (laughs) trip, well, actually, I, I, I mean, I've been there. I've been to Oahu quite a few times, so I can also give you some. Yeah. I've been to all the islands except for Kauai. 
Um, so, and everyone says that's like the most wild, kind of like fun, underdeveloped, yeah. adventurous one. So yeah. I really need to get to Kauai, but I've done all the other islands. I really like the North Shore. Maui's really cool, but I, yeah, I need to get to Kauai. That sounds like the one I like the most. What's that uh, trail? It's like the summer another trail along Kauai that's like, uh, you can either kayak it or hike it. Oh, I don't know the name of it, but my friend Ryan did that last year because he's like really big into hiking and it looked absolutely Yeah, it looks amazing. insane. Yeah. yeah. Kauai just yeah. looks beautiful in general. That's like one of the next like, islands that I yes, want to go to in like Kauai, just for sure. crazy views the whole way. Yeah. Awesome. Well, cool. thank you so much for, for hanging out with us today. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. So if of any of course. you guys want to go on an adventure trip or a mad trip, definitely go and check it out because they're, I've been on on them and they're super, super awesome. So um, Steve, where can they find you? Yeah. On Instagram and TikTok, it's just the Ivy brand, T-H-E-I-V-Y-B-R-A-N-D. And then our website is the ivybrand.com. And so you can purchase all of our trips right on there. And something we're really working towards is building out itineraries so people can find adventure on their own. Uh, right now, it's like we lead, host, we lead, plan, host adventures for people all over. Um, what we're moving towards as well is creating adventure itineraries that people can purchase and go take that trip on their own. And we're truly, really trying to make them like personal and like guided. And then it's like, I want people to experience adventure the Ivy way, even without being on an Ivy trip. I still want people to come on trips, but yeah, I want to, I want to empower, inspire and enable really more cool. people to find adventures so that'll be coming as well. So the ivybrand.com is where you'll find all of that. Love it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for um, hanging out with us. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Thank you. And travel besties, we will see you guys in the next episode. Bye guys. Hey, Travel Besties! Sheree and I would love to say thank you for listening to today's episode of the Passports and Coffee podcast. As always, our goal is to inspire our fellow corporate world millennials like us to start prioritizing travel and help you to escape the 9 to 5. If you are loving the podcast, we would love for you to let us know by taking the time to leave us a review. Don't forget to follow the Passports and Coffee podcast on your favorite listening platform, and we will see you next week for a new episode.